You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. So, uh, Sunday in the liturgical calendar, it's the last Sunday of the liturgical year. And, and I know Zach is rejoicing and has a party planned uh, full of um, cider and sparkling grape juice and hanging of the greens and all the things that go into I do, Sunday. actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's exactly what we're doing. Throw some soup in there. And it's a big Throw great some day. soup. It's an amazing day. Uh, but that's how that's how we celebrate Christ the uh, King Sunday or Christ, Reign of Christ Sunday, depending on your uh, tradition. Um, and we were looking at the text, and, and there's this really interesting text from uh, – Paul's letter to uh, Colossians, or, or as some people might know, Colossians 1, uh, <laughs> 11 through 20. I was trying to sound smart there, okay? You were, I, um, I heard. <laughs> uh, and, and, and we find this really interesting words uh, that Paul had to think of, uh, reflect upon Jesus. And um, Zach, uh, why don't you do your thing with it? Yeah, certainly. I'll read it. Colossians 1, uh, 11 through 20. Uh, by being strengthened through his glorious might so that you endure everything and have patience and by giving thanks with joy to the father he made it so you could take part in the inheritance and the light granted to god's holy people he rescued us from the control of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves he set us free through the son and forgave our sins the son is the image of the invisible god the one who is first over all creation because all things were created by him, both in the heavens and the earth, the things that are visible and the things that are invisible, whether they are the thrones, whether they are thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He existed before all things and all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the one who is firstborn from among from among the dead so that he might occupy the first place in everything. Because of all the fullness of God who was pleased to live in him and he reconciled all things to himself through him, whether the things on earth or in the heavens, he brought peace through the blood of his cross. Um, yeah fascinating reading uh, matt what what comes to mind for you first off jesus jesus <laughs> good no good, like good answer i love how the writer portrays really what jesus did mm -hmm. um and and that's like a gross overexemplification of sure. uh, of this and um but I think it's something that when we look to, when we talk about what Jesus did, and, and I think I think this is a good conversation to have. Like if I were teaching a, a class on this, I would lead with this question. Um, what do you think Jesus actually did? Mm. And just let's create a list of that and see what that list is. I think if you took that list and you put it with this list here, you would see quite a bit, um, at least touching it in some way, shape or form. Um, I find it interesting, and I would love to do more research on this, on verse 18, that um, he's the body of the church, or the head of the body, the church. I I, I don't think that language was used um, during Paul's time, so right. it'd be interesting to see if that's um, 
it'd be a fun word study on that right there if if you if that's your thing um and um you know i i love how it really like for this particular sunday as christ uh, the king sunday it's a great reminder of who jesus is and what jesus did um and i think that um uh, you could have some fun preaching with this this week if you were preaching it and having fun um, kind of dissecting really who Jesus is and why is Jesus our our king. And of course, we don't have that kind of political uh, infrastructure now. Um, you know, I'm actually using the term, uh, my sermon title for Sunday is Christ the quarterback. What kind of quarterback do you want running uh, your church? And and if I can get a uh, Russell Wilson uh, jersey, I might wear it because Lord knows everybody likes him. Well, depending on which side of the fence you are in uh, Denver Bronco land. Um, but um, I think it's a good reflection on who Jesus is and what Jesus did. And then I think it calls us to question, you know, like, how does that work within our lives today? Yeah, no. And that's, I, yes, that's exactly what's going on here. Um, I like the framework of this. If you're not looking at it, physically, if you're simply just listening, um, there, there's a, the first part of this 11 through 14 is a, a quick little, uh, intro from, from the writer. And then 15 through 20 is separated out as a hymn and in, in the NRSV study Bible, uh, not NRSV, the new interpreter study Bible, sorry. Um, there's an interesting note about this. Uh, it, this, it, it talks about this, Doctrinal section discusses the nature of Christ, but not in terms of philosophical abstractions. Paul begins with a hymn focusing on Christ alone, but then describes Christ's work in terms of its implications for his personal ministry and for the Christian way of life. And, and I really, really appreciate that through here, through this writing of we're talking about Jesus in such a way that it's not out there. It's, it's a very tangible of here it is here's the work and life and call of Christ in very real ways by retelling the story, like you said, Matt. Uh, and it's a real boom, 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 down, kind of bullet point down the page. But if we look at it the, in the framework of a hymn, here we are, right? Uh, here's this beautiful thing that hymns do when hymns are written well, they tell the story and they tell the story in such a way we can sing them we can chant them we can just be present with them in all the ways that we can and you look at uh the context of the day they weren't reading these things they were still um they're reading a little bit but they were still word of mouth right people were still telling the story uh and doing it in such a way uh for people who couldn't read who weren't uh super educated and um we're kind of all over the place you know, culturally and theologically. And so um, I, I don't know. I think there's some framework there to to be unpacked about how we tell the story and in what ways do we tell the story that people hear. Yeah. And I think like, you know, the fact that this comes from the oral tradition that it wasn't read, you know, it, it was years before this was even considered read. Right. Um, it paints, a like I said, I think it does paint a great picture of what Jesus did. Yeah. And especially... Like, let's just imagine that if you're the church that Paul's writing to in this particular moment, you may not know the Gospels. Like, right. that may not, you know, like you may know a little bit about Jesus, but you may not know really Jesus. And I think that this would um, allow um, that broadening of under the understanding to happen. But then, 
like I think the other thing too is that um it definitely adds to almost a high Christology of like this, you know, Jesus is this. Yeah. Oh, 100 um, percent Yeah. And yeah. and and you know, <laughs> neither one of us really have a true high Christology. <laughs> We're in that medium to low range just because, well, it's just who we are. Um, but I think that I'd argue I have a high Christology, but not the highest. Yeah. I would say medium. Let's just call it medium <laughs> Christology. You give uh, me medium well and you'll like it. Yes, uh, you will like the fact that you are a medium Christology. Uh, <laughs> I, I would consider myself medium to almost high uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, you do have Jesus all over your wall, so that like bumps you up a little bit in that spread. But um, I think that could be a different podcast for a different day on the, the levels of Christology. Um, but I think you know, when we think about this and we think about, you know, the season that we're in, you mm -hmm. know, whether you're a liturgical church or not, um, it's a good reminder to remind ourselves like the importance of Jesus and why him being born is important for us. Mm -hmm. And what does, what implications does that have for us as a community of faith? Yeah. Well, and, and what an interesting and fruitful way to end the liturgical season, to end the Christian year in saying, here it is here's what Jesus did and here's what Jesus does. And here's how this just lives throughout us as people, as the church, as the body of Christ in all of the ways, and then turn around in the next week and say, Hey, there's hope on the way, right? There's, there's Advent is here and we're, we're going to spend this time in hopeful waiting and anticipation uh, to celebrate the birth of Christ, to, to start all over, to live into uh, what we do in Christ the King Sunday in retelling the story one final time before we shift gears to do it again. I think, I don't know. I think that's really, it's it's like the people that put the calendar together were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Must not have been a, church, a real church committee then. Right. It's like they had a plan. <laughs> um, so we're entering into the season of Advent and uh, it's a brand new uh, liturgical year. It, it will be year A, which is a fun year in my opinion. Uh, not my favorite year, but a fun year. Um, but, um, Zach and I are actually, and would encourage you. I mean, I know we very rarely shamelessly plug our sermons, but, uh, I think this is one that we can do, uh, given the nature of where it came sure. from, um, this, um, Chris, this Advent season, we are, um, exploring Advent through the lens of, uh, one of our good friends, Matthew Paul Turner, uh, and his, uh, great children's book, all the colors of Christmas and, uh, would encourage you, uh, to listen to uh, what Zach and I have to offer, uh, throughout this season, uh, through our sermon reflections and, uh, series of looking at all the colors of Christmas. And, um, you know, that's a shameless plug of buying Matt's book and listen to our sermons. <laughs> yes. Um, I think, uh, is necessary. And you can find uh, Matt's interview on this uh, on our website at beardedtheologians.com, where we have a lot of great content up um, and some uh, really good dialogue over the last few years. Hey, Zach, you know what? We're getting ready to enter in year seven. Yeah, we are. Seven years. Year seven's coming before us. It, it, it's <laughs> there. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, it's a lot of fun things. Over 350 episodes. Um, it's a, it's a lot. It's been a fun, fun ride. And uh, we continue looking forward to doing that. And who would have thought that when we started this uh, almost seven years ago, that we would be where we're we would at still today. be doing it seven years we, ago. We, well, not even that, not only seven years ago, but we are technically living closer together than we were. Um, yes. Although I'm glad you're getting hours. on that board. It, it would be two hours if someone wouldn't have wanted to go back to Montana, there it is. but there it is. <laughs> uh, my therapist and I are working through that very well. Um, 
Uh, but we appreciate that <laughs> for uh, the bearded theologians. I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. I want you to subscribe and like this video and put that thumbs, push that thumbs up. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.